for being honest, last night could have gone a little bit better or, well, a lot a bit better. The Jets lost a very rough game against Vegas, despite moments where that at even strength they actually matched the Knights and perhaps even outplayed them. But special teams and mistakes cost Winnipeg dearly. We'll get into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee an avid Winnipeg Jets fan, and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode, obviously, we're going to be focusing on a couple of things. Uh, Winnipeg has um, some interesting matchups ahead of it, and perhaps the Flames might be also open to selling some good assets that the Jets, frankly, should be looking at. But before we get into that, obviously, Winnipeg played Vegas last night, and uh, to, to call it a game that was probably not worth watching, well, that'd be uh, doing it a bit of a disservice because Quite honestly, watching Winnipeg mistake its way and blunder its way into a loss where, unfortunately, the Jets played well at times but didn't do much uh, at all to actually win the game, it's a, it's not a, not a great experience sitting through that, right? And what was especially frustrating was, like, the Jets would have these stretches at even strength where they'd play pretty well against Vegas. They'd have some good shifts, they'd create a couple of opportunities, and then they'd take a really bad penalty Vegas scores and game over, right? Because the Jets power play, even when they had opportunities, basically at the start of the game, they did nothing with it. It was really, really bad. It took a good tipped deflection um, from Perfetti to bounce one off of Ayafalo to finally crack like an 0 for 13 streak, I think it was, at that point for the power play. So, yeah, um, Winnipeg special teams have really been not very special at all. And for the Jets, that's going to be a big problem because that power play is supposed to be a really vaunted aspect of the team. It has not been for the last several years. And, you know, the PK went from being top 10 last year to almost bottom of the league this year. So whatever change, whatever the coaching staff made uh, adjustments to, they really should just throw the book out and not use it because it sucks. Um, it, it, whatever they're doing, whatever adjustments they have tried to adopt for this PK structure, it's garbage. It's not working. In fact, it is among the worst PKing I've seen from this team in, you know, a good long while. So yeah, uh, the special teams coaching really could use a lot of improvement because it's obvious that the Jets at even strength are, are definitely having some games where they play well enough, but Overall, it does feel like a little bit of a struggle at times to get up the hill and beat some of these teams, especially quality opponents. Uh, you know, softer teams, it's not really been as big of an issue. But Winnipeg, you know, has kind of made those games interesting when they've taken their foot off the gas. And for some reason, you know, the, the Jets coaching staff will put out guys from the top six out there to defend, except they don't use the the guys who are actually good at keeping possession of the puck and keeping it away from the defensive zone. So 
yeah, all I could say is um, this game really frustrating. And I think, you know, this is like Winnipeg's fifth or sixth straight loss to the Knights, which is really irritating. Uh, Winnipeg doesn't play them again until like March. So I guess that's some solace. But overall, right, you just know that if the Jets face a team like this in the playoffs, there's a pretty good chance the Jets are not coming out on the winning side. And look, you can say, well, you know, they do this to everyone. And that's true, right? Vegas has not lost in regulation yet. Only one overtime loss to speak of. Absolutely true that they are a really good team and they deserve their record. You watch the way that they play, the way that they create opportunities, how they force turnovers, their industriousness. Absolutely a deserved record. But by the same token, the Jets had opportunities to put them under and could not take advantage of it at all. So really annoying game, very annoying loss. Uh, I'm so tired of watching this Knights team constantly walk over Winnipeg. It'd be nice if the Jets could actually scratch one out here. Even if it's a crappy one, just beat them, man. It sucks to watch the Jets get owned by the same teams over and over and over again. So, yeah, in terms of adjustments, obviously, you've got to do something about the defense, right? Uh, the, The blue line has been a total tire fire. And it's like a tire fire in very specific instances. Um, you notice the same kind of goals and mistakes being made. You notice how the Jets D uh, occasionally get caught like wandering, I guess. Mo- Morrissey has really struggled with that this year. Uh, I don't even know what was going on with that one goal that was like a two-on-one against DeMello. Morrissey was marking something. I don't know. He got caught drifting towards the left side. Maybe was caught watching one of the puck carriers. I don't know. It basically walked in a a free goal for the Knights, and that wasn't the only mental gaffe from the team uh, either. Obviously, the PK twice had like horrible line changes that basically just gave breakaway passes to opponents, and I I just I don't know how you can possibly have that happen at this level. It was just very amateurish stuff. Um, it was kind of like the Jets had very much been partying in Vegas the nights before, and were still hungover on the ice. So. Yeah, obviously, you know, I I kind of had a more explosive description of this game last night in that I was kind of pissed, right? I I felt like everything just went wrong. And even when the Jets did things well at times, they invariably screwed it up somehow with some really bad blown mistakes. But thankfully, it's just one game, and hopefully Winnipeg can also take some lessons away from it. Um, eh, I mean... The, I think the big lesson is that the Jets just aren't good enough in a couple of key areas that are enough to dampen and drag down everyone else, which is a shame. Because like like I've said previously, you know, this team does feel like it's on the verge of something really cool. But until they can kind of clear out the crap and deal with um, some of the bigger problems that plague this team, Winnipeg is going to be fighting uphill for the rest of the season. The defense really needs an overhaul. Um, the, the Jets forward grouping probably needs to have a balancing, a better balancing than it's had so far. And, you know, the coaching staff has one of the worst special teams units in the league um, on both sides of the puck. So, yeah, uh, not 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 a fun list of items for the Jets to deal with. But even before they get to, to that and making whatever tactical adjustments they can possibly pull off, they also have to now face the Arizona Coyotes, who are not pushovers this year, a Central Division rival that has actually been uh, doing some decent things, relatively speaking. There are no ex- uh, expectations for this team, but so far, you know, they're not nearly as bad than I think a lot of people were expecting. We'll talk about who the Jets can expect to see in tomorrow's game. 
But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize that there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital. From $5,000 to $1.5 million, Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. And sometimes, well, actually all the time in business, they say that time is money. And you don't want to be wasting time or money, so Parkview Advance knows exactly what you need. It's a much easier process than you might imagine, and we invite the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling Parkview at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. I also wanted to shout out our friends and partners at Indeed. When it comes to hiring and, you know, building a true winning championship team, whether it's in sports or on, you know, uh, your, your business industry, you've got to have a great partner. And Indeed is the only hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one spot. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites posting and sponsoring tons of different uh ads and stuff you know how much time that is and you also know that it's expensive indeed offers you a suite of super powerful tools like instant match assessments and virtual interviews indeed's data shows that over 80 percent of indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes uh on indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job and who doesn't love a little bit of instant gratification Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. As somebody who has actually used Indeed looking for a job, I can attest to how easy it was to navigate their website, how quick it was to fill out you know, applications. It's a great site. And for those of you really wanting to save time and money as employers looking to hire, I really couldn't recommend a better job hosting site than Indeed. To get started, visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring right now. That's, that's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing is not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we talk about Winnipeg's next opponent, which is going to be an afternoon game. Thank the Lord. Uh, tired of 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. starts. Uh, the Jets now face the Arizona Coyotes, and Arizona is um, an interesting team, right? They're not as bad as I think people were expecting, but they're also still pretty bad. This is a squad that is still young, still rebuilding, but you know what? Um, they actually have a slightly better record than the Jets right now, which is a little embarrassing if you're a Winnipeg fan, but you know, it is what it is. The Jets have had some tough opponents so far, and you know, given who the Jets have played and, and some of the issues the team has experienced so far, it's not entirely surprising that Winnipeg is kind of middle of the pack so far. But, you know, in this Arizona team, you've got a top line of Clayton Keller, Barrett Hayton, and Nick Schmaltz. This is a pretty underrated line, I would say. Clayton Keller is obviously very skilled and kind of has been 
I don't know, perhaps maligned over his career. He got paid a lot of money early on, and I think the expectation for what Keller was supposed to be versus what he is, it it sort of um, had a mismatch, right? Keller was kind of hyped up as this truly franchise-changing talent, and at first it didn't seem like he was. But over the years, he's really turned into an absolute monster. And Barrett Hayton, I haven't seen as much from Hayton. Um, from what I understand, he's had a pretty decent start to his NHL career over the past couple of seasons. Uh, he was a very highly touted prospect when he was drafted, but I don't know that people really expected him to become like an elite player. The guy on that line that I tend to really think is super underappreciated, though, is Nick Schmaltz. Schmaltz is just a really effective scorer, kind of like in a Connor Garland mold, I would say. Um, he's pesky, he's skilled, and he knows how to use space very well. So this is a sneaky good line. Um, some of these guys are going to be on the power play, and Winnipeg really can't afford to give them space. Second line, you've got Marius Michelli, uh, Nick Bugstad, and Lawson Krause. Uh, Michelli, I think, was a rookie last year, I want to say, um, either last year or this season. Um, but he was, uh, I, I remember kind of having a breakout season and is seemingly on, on the path to becoming a really good NHLer. I think he had a pretty good record last year, I want to say. Um, but uh, Lawson Krause, I think, is the one that tends to stand out for me in terms of surprising career arcs. Krause, when he was drafted, you know, he was kind of the punchline of a lot of jokes, uh, in part because he was drafted so high. And you look at his scoring record in junior and stuff, and it just wasn't really, you know, impressive or anything that you thought would be worth where he was drafted. But he's really turned his career around with Arizona. And now he's one of their most effective four checkers and somebody who's an absolutely bruising force with a pretty good scoring nose. So not a guy that you can really sleep on. And, you know, should be a frustrating line to play against. Third line, Michael Carcone, Logan Cooley, and Josh Brown. I don't know much about Josh Brown. Um, and from what I recall of Carcone, I thought he used to play in um, one of the Vancouver AHL squads. So uh, interesting to see him now playing at the NHL level if it's the same guy. Cooley, though, I think is the one everyone will talk about because he is their super stud prospect. He looks more and more like he's acclimating to the NHL level. And he should be an absolute handful for Winnipeg to try and contain. Uh, he's got a monster shot. He's super creative. A very scary player is all I can say. So Winnipeg really can't sleep when he's around. He will rip them apart. Fourth line, you've got Liam O'Brien, Jack McBain, and Alexander Kerfoot. I actually used to like Kerfoot a lot. I thought the Jets at one point should have taken a run at him. Obviously, he's kind of, you know, in the latter years of his career, but perhaps still a decent player. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, you look at this depth unit, and honestly, the Jets should be able to beat this out. You know, that third line and fourth line that Winnipeg has very much has the competitive edge. Uh, the only player who would probably do well on Winnipeg's bottom six um, that, you know, would get into a starting role is, is Cooley, right? But other than that, yeah, I think the Jets probably have a pretty good edge. On defense, we're going to be seeing J.J. Moser uh, and Sean Dursey on the first pairing then Travis Dermott and Matthew Dumba, and then Yusuf Alamaki and Troy Stetcher. Looking at this unit, I think the first thing you'll notice is that there is a lot of offensive mobility. This is a very fast unit and one that's not going to be prioritizing defense so much as it is focusing on keeping the puck further up the ice and creating offense out of it. This is honestly how I wish the Jets would do it. I know it's like a higher risk thing, but I think with Winnipeg's roster and how they're built, 
it would actually suit the Jets really well because you can constantly loop waves of pressure, wear down opponents. And if you have mobile back end QBs like this team does, I feel like that would actually fit the way that Bones wants to play. But, you know, it is what it is. The Jets are going to kind of do whatever the Jets are going to do. And they are stuck with at least one or two of those contracts for a while. So, yeah, all I can say is um, it'd be nice if the Jets D were a little bit more helpful on offense. But is what it is. Not going to cry over spilled milk. I will say that there is an opportunity for the Jets to perhaps improve the defense if they go shopping in Calgary, because apparently there is a fire sale with the Calgary Flames. We'll talk about what the Jets might be interested in in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, you come across issues where, you know what, things are tough, right? And this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers tons of great therapy um, services and and connections with folks who really help. You know, obviously, this is a, a really important thing for a lot of folks who, quite frankly, have struggled over the past few years. I have to say that, you know, myself included, COVID did a number on me, right? You know, you, you got locked inside. It was tough to find connections. And, in you know, I'm an adult at my age and, and sort of it's it's tough, right? You don't have as many people to talk to when you get older. You're constantly working. It It's a lot, right? And now we're getting into the fall and winter season. We're inside a lot more. This is when a lot of people could use an extra helping voice, something that I think would be really beneficial. And look, I haven't had therapy myself, but I know a lot of friends who have, and they all talk about it glowingly. And that's why BetterHelp is there. They want to offer that extra voice, that that hand on your shoulder, and that person who's willing to listen, hear you out, and offer some advice when you need it. If you want to get started and you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. If you're uh, really thinking about it, it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's you know suited to your schedule. It's flexible. And all you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you know something doesn't quite fit right, you don't feel comfortable with the therapist, you can always switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NHL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we uh, close out with some quick thoughts on stuff the Jets might be interested in here uh, as Winnipeg is quite frankly needing to do some shopping. The Jets have a strong team, right, in a number of areas, but the areas where they are really weak, um, it's going to come down to special teams and that back end. The blue line has been really, really bad, and the Flames are talking about perhaps opening the floodgates on some trades, which for the Jets could mean some really good upgrades. Now, I'm looking at a couple of guys who are, for me, very clearly uh, improvements that Winnipeg could make. If you're talking about guys the Jets might be interested in, I'd be pretty much open to almost anything. I think Noah Hannafin and Nikita Zadorov are two of the guys that I would prioritize if you're trying to improve on like a Neil, a Neil Pionk, a Nate Schmidt, or a Brendan Dillon. Obviously, Dillon has some real defensive value, but 
that's kind of all that you're getting out of him. Offensively, he's not capable of pushing the pace. And with uh, Schmidt, right? Schmidt has really fallen off ever since his skating kind of took a bit of a hit from his age. You can tell that he's just not really been the same player. His transition game is slowing down. His ability to defensively mark has declined. It's sort of like what happened with Enstrom, only Enstrom figured out how to adapt his body and his play to utilize a long stick and rely more on positional excellence than using your body and trying to outskate your opponent. He knew he couldn't do it, so he adapted his game to try and disrupt play in other ways. Schmidt is kind of at the start of this process and very clearly has not figured out how to play in his own limits yet. So um, for me, right, this is a chance to where Zadorov or Hannafin would really provide some much needed skill and, and strength to the back end for a team that frankly has a pretty frail defensive unit. Uh, Zadorov, you know, used to be a player who was perhaps a bit overhyped because he was big, he was tough, and he hit. Now, though, he's actually added some pretty decent transition ability, and offensively, he's actually not half bad. He's scored a couple of goals, um, his passing is pretty decent, and again, he's big and strong, so he's exactly the kind of player the Jets would like, but he doesn't come with all the usual drawbacks. He's like a pretty legit two-way defender. Hannafin is another guy who I think would probably help. Uh, obviously not a really strong defender in his own end, but offensively, he's got good puck moving ability. He's got a good shot and his passing is not half bad either. The only thing with him is I, I wouldn't want to sign uh, a, a big extension with him for a lot of money. I think we've seen how that has panned out for the Jets so far, and the answer is not good. But for Winnipeg, I guess the, the trouble is that they're kind of stuck with a lot of these players. I really can't see there being too many opportunities for them to shed some cap unless they pay somebody to take money. And for Winnipeg, I don't know who would be willing to take on salary like Schmidt's salary or Dylan's salary. With Dylan, I think he still could be seen as an attractive and appealing player. Um, with Schmidt, I don't think that's the case as much. Uh, Nate is at this point kind of more of a cap dump. So yeah, you'd probably have to pay somebody to take on that hit. Pionk, I mean, the Jets love him, so they probably aren't going to move him. But I mean, if they did, it'd be a shocking thing and I would be surprised but I just can't can't see them moving on from him. So if you've got to choose, I would say Schmidt is probably the guy to consider moving out. If you can also move Dylan, I don't think that's the worst idea. Not only would you be able to bring in another defender who could be an improvement, but you'd also open up a spot for Declan Chisholm, who quite frankly looks like he could honestly do a better job than some of the guys on the current blue line unit, at least in puck moving ability. Defensively, I think he'd still struggle with many of the many of the same things, but offensively, he's super gifted. He'd help make the team more mobile on the back end, and really, that is one of the biggest things that the Jets are currently missing. So, I don't know. Look, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to have a lot of really tough choices, and I think that's all you can say about the Jets is that they've got tough choices. But hopefully, they make the right ones, and they better start making them soon because the season really can't afford to start with a really big, you know, hill to climb uh, towards the Thanksgiving break in the U.S. But let me know what you think the Jets should buy, or if you think the team should just wait until the trade deadline. Drop your comments below in the section, or or at my social medias at H Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to tune in next week for thoughts on the game against Arizona and any other action as we head into another week of Central Division Rivals. But like I said, that is all the time that we have tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.